Hello and welcome to Confessions of an Aging Ingenue. I am your aging ingenue, Jenny Tooley. I'm so excited to have you here today. We are going to get started here in a minute, but first I want to extend a personal invitation to you to join us in the confessional Wednesday nights, first Wednesday of the month. Check it out at JennyTooley.com. You might even end up in the confessor seat. Okie dokie, here we go. Have I told you about the time that I decided to go to Las Vegas to shoot a movie? <laughs> oh, oh, let me preface that. Um, not just to shoot a movie, but to shoot my first ever movie as a director, producer, um, in a city I had never been to. How about that? Oh, I might have gone once. I think we, my ex-husband and I probably went out to visit our friend Ted and um, Lizzie at that time. Um, I think that they were living in Las Vegas. So I might have visited one time, but um, I had never really been to Las Vegas. I knew one person, two people in Las Vegas, and um, I had written stuck and decided we were going to make a teaser to raise money for it, which if you heard the last uh, podcast, you'll know that that didn't really work out so well. But the actual shooting of it did work out. Of course, it was a very long story. Um, so what I did is Stuck had been 120 pages long. It was a two-hour film. Now it is down to one hour and a half. So it's like 84 minutes. So it's not even an hour and a half. But at that time, it was a full 120 pages, and there was an extra character, a character who no longer exists, and I'm very sad to say she is gone from this version, the new version of the film. Her name was Leanne. Oh my God, I loved her so much. Leanne was a Las Vegas showgirl whose biological clock was ticking. And um, her father was also in the hospital. And um, she was getting all these phone calls while she was working as a showgirl. You know, right before she'd go out on stage, she would get a phone call from the doctor saying, hey, we need somebody to come sign a DNR order. So if you're watching Stuck and you're at the end and you're like, what is that DNR order thing about? That is a remnant. You will only know this here. That's a vestigial feature of the old script that I left in. Kind of as an homage to her and also because I was lazy. <laughs> Anyway, uh, that's not necessarily true. I think through everything I do. So, um, so yeah. So Leanne's out in Las Vegas. So we went to Las Vegas. Um, I at first I had thought a good friend of mine was going to be my unit production manager, um, and she and her husband decided that they were going to move to a tropical island instead and um, help open a resort which is a story of hers that I love. Um, so as I'm going out there, I didn't have, I didn't have my whole team in place yet. The amazing Steve Mahone, independent film producer, thank you so much, Steve Mahone, uh, went out there. He acted as my, basically my co-producer. He went out there in advance and started doing some footwork. And Steve is so great at just 
find, getting things done and talking to people. And at the time, I was not good at talking to people. Oh my God, picking up the telephone terrified me. Asking people for things was terrifying. Uh, so it was really great that um, I had Steve at that time because I really, I mean, it really, it paralyzed me to have to pick up a phone. Um, not anymore so much, but at that time it did. And this would have been back in 2000 and what? Five? 2005? So 15 years ago? Um, so yeah, going out to Las Vegas, going to shoot 22 pages of the original stock script, just Leanne's portion. Julie Hera was cast as Leanne. What a beautiful woman. Love you, Julie. Um, really wish that we could have kept you in the film because your performance was so wonderful. And I still can think of it in my mind. Like I still see some of the images in my mind from this film, um, this piece of the film. So Julie Hara was cast as Leanne. And um, Julie is one of those great actresses who's not only a great actress, but she is also a producer of her own nature. So she was very helpful in getting things together. Um, Robert Wynn, who is the production designer on the feature full-length version of Stuck, was also my production designer back then. Uh, we had met at the Undermain Theater in Dallas and got along really well, and I love Robert. Robert was one of the people that, you know, 15 years later, or maybe it was only 10 years later at the time, was like, Jenny, you need to finish this film. So Robert's been a longtime supporter and collaborator on the movie. He went out, and... Um, he had been working in Los Angeles and around the country, really, because um, he's one of those film film production designer art guys who has a home base in Dallas and then travels around to um, do his work on big movies and make his make his big money. So he was out traveling around and was able to take some time off to come work with us. And um, yeah. We ended up with a, um, right at the last minute, we had an assistant director, which I'm really grateful for. That was a mixed blessing. Um, he came on at the last minute and he was very experienced, so he knew what needed to get done. And um, he went out there with us and we went to Las Vegas for like two weeks. Um, at that time, I uh, have been able to work out a deal at the Golden Isles, which was Debbie Reynolds' old hotel. So our few of our um, team members who were traveling with us got to stay at the Golden Isles Hotel. <laughs> and that's where we met uh, Sandy Hackett, who was Buddy Hackett's son. And he was doing a um, rat pack. Uh, what is that called? Uh, you know, when they imitate the Rat Pack, and they go on stage and do all the, the singing and dancing. Brain's not 100% on right now, but uh, you get the picture. So Sandy Hackett had been doing like a Rat Pack show, and he had helped us. So I don't remember how we met Sandy Hackett, but somehow we met Sandy Hackett. And he was in the film briefly, in that piece of the film briefly, and he helped us get the stage at the Golden Isles. So we were able to use the stage, part of their casino, and stay in their hotel rooms. And um, Steve had found a bunch of people to audition for the showgirls because we had showgirls and they had lines. Ah, showgirls with lines. So um, 
we had a variety of women who were cast and I actually rewrote a few of the um, characters to match the women that I liked. Um, like one of them, she was from Russia. So we did like this fun play on words where there are two of them that are really good friends and they're always going back and forth with each other. And there's always a misunderstanding about what the girl from Russia is saying. Um, it was very cute and funny. Um, and then what else did we do? Yeah. So we shot, we, Dalton James, Oh, the beautiful Dalton James. He created our poster, our current stuck poster, which has been, oh, everybody loves that poster. Um, and I'm so grateful for it. At the time, he and I created the um, costumes for the showgirls. He uh, designed them based on ideas and concepts that I had about it was going to be an earth, wind and fire show. It was like the elements. It was a show called the elements. And I used to have actually have the poster for that show. Unfortunately, over the years, it got torn up and I had to throw it away. But yeah, we even created a poster for the show that was on the wall in the background for our design. Um, but yeah, he made those costumes. He designed the costumes. And then a young man um, who I knew from the theater actually made the costumes. So we had these handmade costumes. It was so great. Um, and one of the funny stories actually about the costumes was one of the girls was supposed to have these huge fans because I was all into those really big fans that the old school Las Vegas showgirls did. And um, Robert Wynn kept telling me, Jenny, it's just actually props. So this is a prop, not a costume. Even though it's a piece of a costume, it's still considered a prop because she's holding it in her hand. So it was Robert who was having to deal with this fan. And um, I think this is the first time I started understanding miracles and how they work in my life. So he and I are going, how do we get these fans? They're super expensive. We don't have the budget for them. How are we going to make them? Da, 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 da. So I'm on early days of cell phones, like super early. I actually had a cell phone. I was on my cell phone talking to Robert. He was just like, Jenny, I just don't know how we're going to make these fans, or how we're going to get these fans. And as I'm driving down the street in Las Vegas, I see a sign and it literally is like, says feathers. And I'm like, dude, let me call you back. <laughs> so I go in this store and it is literally all feathers because we're in Las Vegas, right? It's about feathers. And we were able to buy these huge blue ostrich feathers for very little money and create these gigantic beautiful fans of which yes I had one for a while until it fell apart um and we so we had fans and headdresses and these crazy costumes and the girls did some dances and um we had some nudity even in that one because it was a Las Vegas show um what else did we do when we were out there we had to go out into a variety of I wanted to really showcase the Las Vegas skyline as much as I could so we would always find these really bizarre places to shoot um, that were kind of 
empty and on the edge of things. Um, and we actually did find this place. One of the things that happened with Leanne is she was always on her cell phone. So in the car, she's on her cell phone. She's changing in the car. She's on her cell phone. She's at the nail salon. She's on her cell phone. She drops the cell phone in the bucket of pedicure water. You know, cell phone, cell phone, cell phone. So she, she progressively gets worse and worse about not being present. And she runs stop signs. She backs out and hits a kid in a stroller because she wasn't paying attention. Like, Leanne had it going on. So one time we were out in this area that hadn't been developed um, very well yet. And Neil Moore was our DP. He was awesome. Um, He also worked on Safety of Others, my short film. And Montclair, which was a uh, feature that I co-produced and acted in in New Jersey. And um, Neil was out there with, with us. And we were out in the middle of this weird, undeveloped suburb area. And we had our little town, our little, what do they call it? production city set up and we were a tiny production y'all I mean it was like 15 of us so you know not very many people but part of the thing was that um we didn't have access to bathrooms you actually had to get in a car to drive to a bathroom so I'm out there with and it was mostly guys let's talk about that for a second aside from all the showgirls and Julie Hera (laughs) my crew I think that crew may have been all guys. I think it was. There, there had to have been a woman somewhere in that crew. Probably a dresser or our makeup artist was a woman. Other than that, though, dudes. We can talk about that another time. Like, that's been my experience. I, until recently, I've always been on a set mostly with dudes if I'm on the other side of a camera. So we're out there in the middle of nowhere in Las Vegas and I have to pee. So what do I do? I go where the guys are going. Where are they going? Uh, they're going to back around this, uh, this building, this empty building. And I'm like, cool. So I walk around to the back of the empty building and I'm kind of like looking around. Okay. None of the guys are anywhere near here. Everybody's over in production city, you know, quarter of a mile away. (laughs) So I squat and pee and I didn't realize the ground was, um, you know, Las Vegas dry. So... I pee on the ground, the pee splashes up onto my pants legs, and I walk back to Production City with pants legs that are soaking wet. (laughs) Yes, I believe many things endear my um, casting crew to me, and that was probably one of them. So, yeah, Uh, good times out there in the Nowhereville of Las Vegas. So we actually were able to shoot all of this A couple of really challenging things came out of it. Um, One of my team members uh, didn't realize he had a gambling problem and he had access to our money. And um, that was something we found out after we got home and he didn't get back home and money was still being spent out of my accounts. Um, We had to sort through all of that. That gave me 
just a really good lesson. Um, he was able to manipulate some of the um, other younger people out in Las Vegas so that they would get checks signed. It was not a good situation, but I had a great team in my ex-husband and in Justin Barrett um, who helped us work through uh, all the accounting and figure out what was going on and then um, having to approach that team member and figure out what we were going to do and what we had to let go of and what we were going to try to like, you know, follow through on and maybe even possibly prosecute them on. Um, so that was definitely like a total experience. If, if anybody out there is struggling with that kind of thing right now, um, I would be glad to talk to you uh, on a personal level about it um, privately because it, it is unfortunately, you know, all the stories aren't great and all the wonderful people that come to help aren't always perfect. Um, and as I go through my career, I learn things every time. Every time I work on a project, I learn something new um, and have to, you know, engage with something. Usually it has something to do with um, something I need to work out within myself, like not being a doormat or being able to start pick up the, you know, being able to pick up the phone and make those phone calls for myself. Um, so unfortunately that happened. But we all got through it. And um, now I also, what that taught me is I had never 100% trusted this person. Um, when I interviewed this person, I was with some other uh, t other t producers on the movie. And they were both like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my gut was like, no, no, no. But I went with their yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think is kind of a theme here in the early days of Stuck. I kept going with everybody's yeah, yeah, yes. Instead of listening to my no, no, no's. So I knew from the very beginning there was something off about this person. But I said yes anyway. And then, of course, I had to <laughs> deal with the consequences of my yes that should have been a no. And I've learned over the last decade or two, really, it's taken me that long to start going, my stomach knows stuff. It knows when somebody is trying to fool me. It knows when somebody's lying to me. It knows when somebody's lying to themselves quite often. Because sometimes it's not even they're lying to me. It's that they're lying to themselves. And the consequence of them lying to themselves, it, it radiates out to other people and everybody that they're around. So... Um, that's one of the big things I got from that trip was listen to my belly. Uh, I had to keep getting that lesson, though. Um, so, yeah, we shot those 22 pages, got home. Um, I edited them. I learned how to edit. And I guess we can talk about that on another podcast. I learned how to edit. I taught myself to edit so that I could edit that. <laughs> and um, that's when Stuck died. That's the first time Stuck died, which is what I was talking about on the last podcast, the first podcast. Um, and that is the time at which uh, we have not gotten to the rebirth of Stuck yet. We're still back here in 2006. And uh, in 2006, we were shooting on very different um, equipment. We were like on state-of-the-art HDV equipment, and we had 35-millimeter adapters. 
if you look at our footage from then and compare it to what we have now, it's insanely different. It's <laughs> so crazy different, uh, which is one of the reasons I couldn't incorporate it into the um, final cut of the feature length film. But I'm so grateful to all those people who worked with us out there in Las Vegas. I know there must be a million other Las Vegas stories. I look back at that story and I didn't even I didn't even think about it at the time. It was just like, yeah, I'm going to go to Las Vegas and I'm going to make a movie. And I look back and I think, my God, either I'm really naive or insane. And... I think that that's part of how I get things done is sometimes I just go, yeah, I'm going to go do that. And then everything falls into place and I have to follow the breadcrumbs and, you know, eat them or bake another cake out of them or whatever you have to do with breadcrumbs, make a casserole, um, and do all the hard work when it comes and not have fear of, of, you know, the future or, fear of what's going to happen if I can't figure something out. Um, so yeah, that's the time when I said, Hey, I don't know how to make a movie, but let's travel halfway across the country or actually all the way across the country to make a movie. (laughs) And I did it and I did it. And all those wonderful people helped us get to where we are today with stuck. Thanks for being here with me today. I'm Jenny Tooley, your host. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about today's episode, so please comment, review, follow, subscribe, all those things that keep our podcast thriving. Until next time.